denied. The suicidal tendencies subside, but the questions remain over Arsenal's ramshackle defence and disconnected midfield. Toby and I talk about how very badly things could have gone at Fulham and question why our fan base feels the need to shout each other down and call each other assholes when we have opposing opinions on players' performances. All this and more tonight on this and Ask Brothers Rankcast. Welcome to this, the first Ask Brothers episode of 2019. We've started on the front foot with a win against Fulham, 4-1, and yet somehow there's plenty of negatives to talk about in this game, despite such a positive scoreline. Tobes, mate, Happy New Year. How are you? Pretty good, mate. Up in up in sunny Sydney, having a nice little break for 10 or 11 days. So, um, yeah, happy days. I guess, Toby, we start with the formation. Pretty much what I wanted us to run out with against Liverpool is what we ran out with against Fulham. Was it very similar for you as far as your feeling towards the personnel and the perceived additional lineup? Yeah, that's pretty much what I would have gone with as well, which is... Um yeah, which is a bit silly, to say the least. Um, but yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it protected the centre-backs a lot better, played to the strengths of our wing-backs, which is our main attacking play, like we've said before. Um, and formation-wise, it was it was actually pretty good. Um, you know, the only difference with Torreira being rested, but he sure as shit needed that. Didn't really shore us up that well though did it i mean we we were still getting deeply penetrated by a a fulham who didn't look like they should be in the position they were in for much of the game i think the scoreline in the end absolutely flattered us but i guess the 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 or we just made them look really good again through what though, Toby? Through because this has been a, a big point of conjecture. Was your perception of it that it was a failure of the back three or a failure of the midfield exposing the back three? Both, but with our with our personnel, it needs protecting, and I think this is the biggest Achilles heel of the team is the fact that the wing backs bomb forward and the central midfield don't protect in the way it needs to against an ageing, an injured and an immobile central defence. Well, again, Toby, we should have been 2-0 down. So, yep. like we said, despite uh, whatever positivity there might be pulled in and out of this game, Ryan Sessegnon has possibly the two best chances, two of the most clear-cut chances of the game, a left-foot curler down the absent Kalasanach's wing, uh, followed by an air swing as a Maitland-Niles failed to get close enough to Schurler. And Kalasanach didn't track yeah. at all. Look, there's a, look the, the theme of this podcast, listeners, and look, Toby and I, we're, we're pretty tired. I was just saying to Toby, I've done something silly like six six podcasts in three days on three different platforms and our own platform. But I think a lot of this crux of this podcast is going to be about players who went forward well and 
defended horrifically. And I mean, right away I can think of, of two who did it. You know, Kalasinac, a diabolical shit show, failed to pick up Sessegnon a number of times, uh, both for missed opportunities and the goal they scored. And Granit Xhaka, who had one of his best games going forward and was absolutely rubbish going back for me as well. And the funny thing is, Toby, a lot of people have both of those guys down for their man of the matches. I guess it's in the perception or, you know, in the eye of the beholder because, you know, we're drawn towards the attacking play, but with this disjointed team, we're actually not that great going forward in comparison to what we were, and we're just as shit defending. So we're caught almost in this in this limbo, like in this purgatory between the two eras, you know. We, we're really suffering from the personnel we've carried over and, and a regime that is, you know, obviously, you know, five, ten plus years in the making you know, plus the, the, the 22 years overall. And we were also dealing with a similar amount of injuries, a thin squad, terrible signings in the previous era, and it's all kind of culminating in this Christmas period. And, you know, it, it's not all doom and gloom because the Christmas period is done, finally. We're two off Chelsea. I can't, without pulling out my phone, I can't see what we are They'll right now. They'll play tonight. So, yeah, yeah, and so I assume, played, I'll assume they win. I'm going to assume played, that they're yeah, going to win. So yeah. we're going to end up five points off Chelsea, yeah. and let's but call it genuinely the halfway point. Four of the games. Year. Yep. One, two, drawn two. So it's not horrific. No, we lost one in there, didn't we? We definitely lost to Liverpool, Toby. I can guarantee you that we lost to Liverpool. Toby, I guess we probably had better uh, rattle through the goals because. Arsenal as an attacking unit in this game were not bad. Uh, were not bad at all. Maitland-Niles showed a lot of promise. Uh, Awobi in parts. I am going to get deep into the Awobi thing a bit later on. But Awobi in parts showed some ability in the attacking third. Kalasanak had a monster of a game in the attacking third. Lacazette had a good game in the attacking third. Aubameyang had a good game in the attacking third. Granit Xhaka had a good game in the attacking third. So let's talk about the goals before we talk about the fact that Fulham really theoretically should have shredded us if they had any genuine finishes and we never should have been in the position to score. So first goal, Toby. And, and, and can it, I just add, sorry, before you do the goals, really Fulham could have easily and probably should have scored five. There, there's a, a huge amount of very... Mitrovic has a couple of... Chances that you would expect the headed, the headed chances. But, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just ridiculous quality, yeah. for him. A couple of those, yeah. the two Sessegnon chances, and you know, like I said, uh, I've had quite a lot of backlash on on Twitter and on Arsenal fan forum for some of my opinions today, and a lot of that is because the people who have given certain players man of the match. I just don't feel that a lot of those guys, and it is not my place to tell people that their opinions are wrong. These are my opinions. But in my opinion, what I think has happened is a lot of those guys have looked at what players have done in the final third, looked at what players have done in the attacking sense, and not taken into account enough how profligate Fulham were 
and how differently the story could have been written with some better finishing. Oh, this this could have been this could have been absolutely diabolical for our season. If they, you know, Sessegnon in particular, who I think is a quality player, and I'd actually like to have a look at us signing him one day. Um, but the profligacy, you know, Mitrovic, Mitrovic was probably quite off for him today. Um, you know, especially with our Achilles heel of allowing crossing balls and diagonals into the box, splitting our central defenders giving up free headers on goal. I mean, this is just fucking Arsenal in a nutshell. You cannot believe the amount of space this professional and supposedly elite football club gives. So, Jacobin turned like he's not even there. Um, look, we could have seen, conceded five easily today. So we, we got the 4-1. We were probably a bit profligate ourselves. But, you know, like you said, I mean... The your banging man miss in the first minute or two aside, we could have easily been two one three one down, and we couldn't have argued anything else. I'm I'm sorry to butt in, but yeah. Well, Toby, the first goal completely against the runner play, Granite Jacker. Um, one of the good things that Awobi did in a sea of very average things that Awobi did, but one of the great things that Awobi did, good little ball from him, a great block and and work rate from Lacquer to create the space and little finish, little dink finish from Xhaka in the bottom corner and really more than what we were worth. Yeah, yeah, look, I mean, look, in, in saying that, I actually thought Awobi had a pretty good first half. It, it didn't end that way by any stretch. Um, but yeah, it was it was um, completely against the run of play, but absolutely horrible defending from Fulham, we have to say. that there was If we think we're bad at defending... That was that was taking the cake, you know. Xhaka ghosts in, completely unmarked, central defence, unaware of him, midfield not tracking him, and he didn't chest it down. He probably sort of thighed it or kneed it down, but dinked it up to himself and lovely little finish into the into the far corner. So no not taking anything away. That was that was a lovely goal and a lovely finish. But it was some pretty shit. Defending. Series of chances for Arsenal, Toby. Uh, good chance for Genduzi. Another chance for Xhaka. A, a really interesting chance for Socrates. Did you see the move where he popped up out of nowhere and picked up the ball and took a cut in his inside and rifled one into the near post? I had yeah, to take no. a double take. I enjoyed that. <laughs> and, and, and I thought, who's that? Who's, no, who's number five, you know? Um, but no, it's pretty good skill. I haven't I haven't seen that from him, aside from um, a couple of nice little, you know, feints and Cruyff turns to keep position, possession when he's he's playing wide of a back three. I um yeah no I thought it was quite good. I thought it was quite good. Goal Lacazette, mate. Um, he really really needed that. He was, every time he was he was working really hard, but it just wasn't quite falling for him. And every time he was getting close, you could see him head in hands, throwing his hands up, kicking the turf. And I was starting to get worried that maybe this was going to be a, 
another one of those days for him where he wasn't going to be able to get it done and he was going to get subbed off and he was going to start losing it. But the oh, goal itself... he was itself, looking pretty frustrated, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, but you know what? He's looked frustrated for weeks. It's never stopped his work rate. No, and, and I feel like he, he gets frustrated with himself as well. So there's there's no bitchiness to it. It's He's trying to push himself further and, and I feel like he's putting a lot of pressure on himself uh, I don't think he's scored a goal since the Spurs goal. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Again, um, a small interchange, quick feet, touches around the corner. Awobi involved, Kalasnak involved. You bang a man involved. Uh, oh, it was lovely, lovely interplay. Kalasnak was, um, curled to the edge of the kind of to the edge of the box for Lacazette to finish. Yeah, and yeah. it was it, a great it, cutback. It, you know, it he meant was so a dangerous. huge amount to him Lacazette I I know I've said that already but I just wanted to repeat it I think that that wasn't a celebration of joy that was somewhat of a celebration of relief oh I think so I think I like like I said before you know he's looked frustrated he's put a lot of pressure on himself and um you know he 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 went and he really um interacted with the crowd as well which I thought was which I thought yeah look I'll get to uh, I felt good for him I'll get to how impressed I was with something very specifically about him a bit later on, because I think yeah. it'll, it'll come up I think up you there. and I are on the same point there. And Toby, yeah. we're, uh, we're doing an express episode, mate. Express. Yep. Like yep. a freight train. Yep. Like, uh, like Kalasanak in full flight. Right? Yep. Okay. That's how express yep. we're doing this. Yeah. A um, couple of chances to Fulham in between. Again, you know, and, and Arsenal continually always looked under pressure and always looked threatened throughout this period of time. Again, you know, very, very high wing-backs. I thought Maitland-Niles did a better job of getting back and covering purely based on his athleticism. But Kalasanak, for so many of these opportunities, caught miles and miles up the pitch, unsure of kind of what... unsure of what the directive is for them at the moment from Emery, if they are meant to be getting up and down, if it's meant to be one of the defensive midfielders, whether that's Genduzi or whether that's Xhaka, are meant to be pulling into this space. Whatever it is for Arsenal at the moment defensively, it's not working because diagonal balls into the channels are fucking tearing us apart. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to add to that? Just a oh bit. yeah, no, sorry. Um, that's our Achilles' heel. Like this, something needs to to happen. If are but we do going? Do you think in? that's a? Do you think that is a a failure of the midfield or a complete failure of the wing backs? Because I am at the moment both confused. Both. I I really have to say that at the moment we. Yes, I understand that we need to score goals, all right? But we could have conceded five today against one of the shittest clubs in the league, like relegation fodder, not unbelievable going forward, not great defensively. You know, we have conceded five, six, seven clear-cut opportunities. The fact that we don't shut down the space from our wings and we sure as shit don't close down enough from our central midfield or certainly and this is one of my biggest bugbears is we don't track runners 
from coming from deep, from our central midfield. So your Jackers, the inexperience of your Gwendouzis, the fact that we're playing Maitland-Niles, who is actually playing pretty well, but is not a natural defender, you know, and we're playing Kalasinac, who's a freight train going forward, but he's a fucking light. I love Kalasinac, let me just add, but I don't think unless we mitigate his presence with other players centrally that can That's go and cover tactic, that space. Though, yes, not through personnel. That's both. through actually... It's yeah, both. But, yep. You yep. know? But, I mean, and on that on that note, Toby, Fulham's goal, Torreira's found in the build-up, maybe a foul, maybe a bit sloth. Uh, but that's Kalasinak again. Maybe. He does not track the, the run of... Was it Kamara? It was does Kamara. Not, does and not was, track the run of him at all. He runs into gaping space and Kalasinak is not in the frame. But neither, neither did Genduzi. Genduzi jogged back and he literally had Kamara, what, two, three metres to his right and never accelerated once. He didn't actually see him coming in behind. So Kalasinac was kind of at fault, but Gwenduzi was definitely... I, I saw know. that as well. I, I think Gwenduzi has a, a part to play there, but this is exactly comes back to what I was saying before. I'm not tactically astute enough. Well, don't undersell coaching, yourself. Or I don't, coaching I, directed enough mm, to work out whether or that. not Kalasinac is so far forward because that is his directive in the transition and Genduzi's meant to be pulling in there. But I see three things in the game. One's a goal, two are opportunities, and all of them are through Kalasinac's channel. All yep. of them. Yeah. Yeah. And as and far I, as I'm concerned, at some point you have to be a left back, even if you're a left wing back. Yeah, yeah. Whether he doesn't have the athleticism or whether he doesn't have the the, the tactical awareness or whether it is a direct... Well, even I'm, if Emery I'm, hasn't had enough time, Max. Like, seriously. Like, this, is, this, this team is a Wenger team with a couple of additions that have had a shitload of injuries and Emery has not been able to mould... All of these pieces into the, you know, into what he actually wants. Emery doesn't even know what he wants anymore. I mean, not anymore. I mean, yet. So this this is really transitional. So yes, Kalasinac is a huge fucking weakness, and he's one of the biggest problems we've got. But tactically, we need to cover his weaknesses better. But he's a huge weapon. Huge weapon for us in the final third. Some of his vision, uh, his desire, his strength, his power, some of his cutbacks to this penalty box, he is an unstoppable force moving forward. But And don't I'd, forget, when he was out for a couple of games, we our goals dried up. Like, we had nothing. So this is the conundrum we face. We, he can't defend, and we can't defend. Our central defence needs a shitload of protection, but we're playing wing backs or you know side backs who can't defend, but we're also playing 19-year-old central midfielders who just don't have the what's the word I'm looking for like the the experience to be able Sometimes to. Sometimes I think Gendouzi maybe lacks a little bit of power, 
as in that power running. Uh, of course, to look, come a- back. athleticism is there, but it's because it's did you see how athletic AMN was in this game? And I don't just mean going forward. I mean just how much his athleticism bails him out on those occasions when he's caught high. I think his ability any, to cover yeah. distance is. I would say second best in the team. I, I'd say I reckon it goes you bang a man then AMN for athletes in the team. Yeah, maybe Bellerin as well. Um, yeah, I mean Hector's. Hector, do you know what? Hector's very similar. He, he's got that athleticism. I don't think Hector has the same power uh, mm. that Maitland Niles has. Was it Gary Neville who had dyslexia the entire game and could not get his name right? I think you called him Nateland Miles about 30 times. I don't know what commentator you were listening to. No, it was in I the was hub. listening to an Irish bloke. Who oh, was someone. The, yeah. Someone couldn't get it right. Uh, speaking of which, Toby, Aaron Ramsey, gets his goal. A lot of people online talking about, you know, this the goal's return and how much of a good finish it was and blah, blah, blah. I thought it was a finish that came to him and that I would expect nine out of 11 of our players to hit that goal. Yeah, no, I, I, I think so. I mean, I, I actually felt terrible for your banging man that he'd missed it because he'd been working his whole off the whole game. Oh, he worked his whole off all game. You know, had a couple of, had a couple of misses. You know, maybe things he could have done slightly better with, but his head never dropped. Made a lot um, of runs. Pulled into yeah. the space. Kalasnak left a lot. I've never seen your banging man do that before. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. But really, and really ran his hole off, and he's been doing that now. He's shown us that for probably about three or four weeks. There's something that has come into his game, something that is changing in his game that I, I love, and it's starting to silence a lot of those people who thought he was just a goal poacher. He was also really good on little flicks and tricks and knocks around the corner and the interchanging triangles in this game. I think he's our most informed player. And and I think fitness-wise, he's actually accelerating at this time. I honestly think he's becoming a leader of this club. Um, and he's got an outstanding attitude. His head never dropped. And, and the fact that he's smiling and keeps his head up, keeps pushing... He's showing leadership not only verbally but through his actions as well on on the pitch. So I actually reckon he he's becoming a huge asset for us, and he's kind of like one of those those quiet leaders in that you know he's not shouty and finger pointy in a Licksteiner type of way. He gets on with it, he keeps going. He's playing beyond his usual game. He's stepping up. He's learning new tricks as a 29, 30 year old. Um, so I reckon he's doing. I reckon he's doing great. Big love for, big love for Abamyang at the moment. And he gets his just desserts, Toby. Not long after that, is that the saying? Your just desserts. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm pretty tired, mate. I I think it's, it. It um, doesn't sound right. Yeah, it it sounds typically mixed metaphors. Okay, for us. I'm just gonna go with yeah. it. Right, so Hugh Bangham Man gets his just desserts and gets lucky when he's been fairly unlucky lately as far as, you know, balls just going past the post or balls hitting the post. But you bang and, a man and, and, and sorry, Max, I I'm I'm very ready to admit, like, quite a few opportunities he could have done better with and, and we would love him to be or even expecting him to be hitting the target. But what I'm enjoying about him is that he's not letting it get to him. 
he keeps working for the team, keeps making the runs, keeps putting in positions. And I just had this feeling that it was going to come in this game. What do you think his... Uh, let's, with the caveat of this, that mm-hmm. he remains fit for the entire season or nothing more major than a, you know, three to four week light muscle injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think his goal return for the end of the year is going to be? I I reckon he could he could eclipse the thirty mark, and I think that's usually in all competitions the sign that you've got a bit of a worldie on your hands, or you know, or at least uh, you know uh, a higher echelon Premier League striker. You know, you, you think you think back to all of your your top guys back in the day, like your 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 big goal scorers. You know, your your Shearers, your Van Nistelrooy's, your, your players like that. Um, and you're always sort of thinking around those 30 or 40 goals um, in all competitions, depending how deep you go into them. Um, yeah, he might miss a few, but I think if you look at the the percentage stats of um, of shots to goals, I think he's pretty normal in terms of uh, a Premier League average. I think he's just probably got a few because of the the territory. He hits the target in or he comes into the ball in. Those ones he misses tend to be a little bit closer on goal than some of the other strikers, you know, who might shoot more from distance, let's say. He is more of a late running, late connection striker than he is a outside of the box drop the shoulder. Not that we haven't seen him hit those goals. I mean, so far this year we've seen him hit curlers, inside pots, inside post drives uh, we've seen him cut across the keeper we've seen him dink in uh, we've seen him you know predatory uh, in the the Europa League we've seen him smash one in on the volley his primary style of goal is really that one he hit the post off it's that late run that late run dink in back yeah, to the that, penalty that was spot. brilliant and and that was such a magnificent run um, and who picked him out Kalasanak again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is the this is the dichotomy. This is the issue that we're going to get into, and this is the issue that I had on the Arsenal fan forum today, and the big issue I had on Twitter. I mean, for those who follow me, I got carved up on Twitter and on the Arsenal fan forum today for who I thought was good and who I thought was bad. But the 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 preface for so much of what I've been saying is that we cannot just look at individual moments in games and then forget about all the failures. It's just not smart to have a look at it. And again, no, you know, so and many we're people not looking will say you don't give the points or, back. Yeah. So many people yeah. will say you don't give the points back, Toby, you know, that you can't finish every game saying, well, we were lucky in that game and somehow we won 4-1. We've but been lucky for Toby, a long time, Max. We need, we need to said, solve yeah, this defensive problem. This, it, this cannot last forever. I mean, what do you think the reaction to the fan base... What do you think the reaction of the fan base today would have been if we had have lost that game 3-1? Let's say Sessegnon smashes in those two goals. And I know we're talking about things that didn't happen. But what do you think the reaction would have been? Well, it would have been out for defensive blood. That's what it would have been. And I think that's where... Not I think. That's where we're going with this pod. Because we cannot continue like this. This this performance, this lovely 4-1 score at the end, 
it doesn't mean shit. You know, this could have easily been, this could have been five all. This could have been three one. It could have been something horrible against us. You know, it's we need to be protecting our defenders more. You know, our our central defenders could and should be playing better. And if we can improve our personnel in this window or the next, we absolutely should. But for fuck's sake, if, you know, if certain players are out... Okay, I'm going to go where I was going to go. So I may as well... It's an express pod. We'll just go straight there. Hit it. I don't think we can play a back four while both Monreal and Bellerin are out. Like, just, we can't. Did you think that we were much, much worse in a back four? Because we gave up chances early on in the back five... And we gave up chances in the no, back four. But that's because our central midfield didn't fucking protect the back three. But I don't think you're ever going to get that much protection with a oh. Genduzi, Xhaka midfield. And Xhaka was so far up the pitch. Well, this is the problem. This is the And problem. I don't think... I've said this before. I don't think Genduzi is a defensive midfielder. No, and we Genduzi didn't have Genduzi is a more there. advanced... Uh, more advanced, not necessarily like a tempo midfielder, but a high-touch midfielder who rotates possession. That's the player that I think Genduzi is. Uh, and even he today, should be he, playing in a midfield three. In a midfield three, a all day. That's where he but needs we to needed be. But we needed to rest Torreira. And, and this, this, <laughs> this comes back to the fixture list, the squad depth, and the injuries. Well, all let's get the, stuck into three, two, ones, Toby. Yeah. Because we're pretty much talking about it now anyway. Yeah. Toby, three points. Who did you have and why? I had your banging man today. Good man. If if that is, is polarising for certain people who say he missed three or four opportunities. No, a lot of people I've spoken to are very much into what you've been saying. The guys on a... I was just on Guns and Yellow Ribbons. Yeah. And all of them were very into his work rate today. I love it. And and not only the work rate, the leadership, you know, all the things I was alluding to before, not letting his head drop, lifting the spirits of a, a of a team who's really shot on confidence at the moment. You know, he still enjoys himself, he still believes in himself. He he's playing not like the player that we thought we had bought. He's playing for someone who's playing with more passion for the badge and more desire and chasing blind alleys and getting involved and not sulking when he's played out on the wing like he Pulling was today. Pulling into the he void pl- left by Kalasanak. You know, this guy this guy is an absolute asset for us at the moment and in, in a really disjointed team where the midfield and the defence aren't playing very well together, the midfield and the attack are sort of playing okay together. It's all quite disjointed at the moment and we're lucky to have this guy. So, you know, he's he's turning into a bit of a leader and I'm, I'm quite happy about it. Toby, three points for me, really divisive. And I'm interested to hear what you have to say about this. But three points for me today, I had Sideshow Bob, I had Genduzi. I thought it was his most assured performance in an Arsenal top, his most mature performance in an Arsenal top. The amount of touches he had, the amount of time he recycled balls, and two or three really good, penetrative, incisive final third balls that didn't end up coming to a great deal. But I really enjoyed him today. 
Call Me Crazy. Loved him. Um, I did too. Okay. So I forget when the plus three I gave to him was. I can't actually remember. Um, you mean in a past game? Yeah. Yeah. It was recent, I know, but they're all, they're all merging into one at the moment. So I, many podcasts. He was on for massive plus points for me. Um, I, I also thought he, he, he showed maturity. He showed more balls. He was always wanting the ball. Good That's in tight what I love spaces. About him. He, he showed more spirit and he also played some beautiful forward passing. Like, you know, he's, he, he was really good today. He showed today he's more than just a side-to-side passer. Look, my main thing was that switching off again mm. and, and where I'm going today very much as well as the protection you need from your, um, from your side backs or your wing backs, we really need to be tracking runners better from our central midfield. So I reckon Gwenduzi was was great today for all those things that you just said but is a liability because of that lack of reading, which will only come with coaching and experience. So, yeah. Toby, two points. Who did you have and why? Look, I didn't actually think many people played well today. So I, I, was, I, was, I found it really difficult giving plus points. I thought there was a lot of four and fives today. I really did. Um, you know, Lacazette was good in patches, profligate, um, getting frustrated in himself, you know, making shocking passes, as well as some really good work rate. Um, there were other players that we'll discuss further in a second. Um, but with the really good came the really bad. So I thought someone who was really solid, who was great going forward in the first half and then showed a great deal of maturity in terms of their defensive awareness and held off because of the switch of, um, of formation back to a back four is Maitland-Niles. So I've given him my plus two. So I had a special mention for, for him. Yeah, look, like a, like a lot of these scores today, he could have missed out altogether. The, the reason I'm going with him is because other players who had done really well did a really fucking shit job. And if, if if our biggest problem is defending, we cannot concede this amount of opportunity, clear-cut opportunities. You know, we've basically paid, what, four of the bottom five in the last few games, lost, drawn, and could have been decimated. You know, I think the only game that we didn't look like we were going to lose was the Burnley game, and we even made them look good for periods of time. So, so I had AMN in, in my mix for a plus one. I yep. didn't end up choosing him, but what I did write on him was very mature, coming into his own and worked hard both sides of the ball. I also thought he was the only guy out of him and Kalasanak that when the formation changed, changed the way he played. I thought Kalasnak stayed playing like he was a wingback and Maitland-Niles actually pulled into that space and and yep. and helped himself out. So, you know, yep. more, more than happy for that as a plus two. Sometimes I worry I've got a bit too much of a boner for him and I, I hold back, Toby. But for my plus two, mate, I had you banging, man. 
yeah. for all the reasons that you had him for. Um, his hold-up play, I, I thought, was so much better. His interchange was so much better. Yes, again, you can make the argument. There are moments where he is profligate, but he got his goal. Yes, there was a bit of luck there. He hit the post. But, you know, one of the reasons why he got up into these plus points for me, I love that when he scored that goal, he went over to his mate Lacazette on the bench mm. and included him, as if yeah. to say, you know, we're all in this together. The, the, uh, you know, you bang a man, miss some opportunities that Lacazette put there for him and, and vice versa. And there's something about that togetherness in a team in a time when it's starting to rock and, and weak-minded teams might start to fight and bicker amongst themselves to walk over to the bench after scoring that goal. And it's not a great goal. It's a deflected goal. But to walk over there and do that with Lacazette, I thought what that must mean for the team for the bench, for the larger squad, and for the fans, that's a team player making a mature decision to go over and show something, show some kind of, of togetherness and pride. And for me, I loved it. Mm. Mm. Yep. Toby, one point. Who'd you have, mate, and why? Uh, look, I, I went for Guendouzi today for my one. Um, See, don't people really said online to... that he was shit, Toby. Oh, look, I almost put him into negative points from his lack of defensive tracking. Um, but we are so disjointed at the moment. His movement and desire for the ball is the reason we're getting forward. So... It's a I really... gave him man of the match, Toby. You don't have to explain it to me. Okay. All right. Okay. But I was incredibly dirty at him for the Kamara goal. I also think he badly ran out of juju. Yeah. Because I've got notes from about 65 minutes on saying he really needs to come off now because he worked so hard in that first 65 minutes. I haven't looked at the stats yet. Well, he's, but he he's w- courageous. He's he would have courage- been in the top where, where three other, for touches. Where other sheep hide, and people do hide in plain sight in this team, he is always he is always asking for it. You know, He's yep. always making himself available. He's, you know, he, he's constantly on the move, good on the turn, looking forward, getting his head up. You know, he, you know, he's a bright spot in a very dark place at the moment for this team. And, and you he know, is going to be a serious player. I mean, a yeah, serious player. He's going to be a serious France international, a serious Arsenal player. I just think that a couple of transfer windows and building some more accurate structures around these guys so that they can play in the areas they're meant to play in and not be exposed so badly for their weaknesses, uh, you know, we're going to see a whole different team. I thought he was excellent. I'm really happy you gave him a plus one because it was, it was really difficult for me. This, this plus one at the end of the game, like I said, I had Maitland Niles in there, mate. I had Kalasinac in there because of what he had done going forward but in the end, I'm, I'm in the end, I'm lining up. What were your positive contributions versus your negative contributions? And would your positive contributions have ever even existed 
if you had have been punished for your negative contributions. Oh, In the end, yeah. Toby, I gave my plus one to Lacazette, yeah. and not because he had his best game, not because he had his most influential game. I thought his goal was great. He took it very well. I really enjoyed it. The thing that ended up getting him the plus one for me was the violent booing when he got subbed from the Arsenal fans and how he worked the crowd to calm it down. Yeah. That's one yeah. of the that is yeah. one of the greatest leadership moments I've seen someone have in an Arsenal shirt for a long time. Two weeks of throwing your gloves down and having a a, a dummy spit to be able to have the wherewithal and the brains to be able to say no. I'm going to applaud this out. I'm going to stop the crowd from booing. And he stopped it in its tracks. I, 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 think, I think it showed a huge amount of self-awareness and emotional intelligence. And you don't often say that of footballers, do you? The, like you just said, you know, showing his frustrations on camera, you know, hearing the boos of the crowd. You know, this was not a good crowd to play against. This was a frustrated, pissed off, Old-fashioned you know, Arsenal crowd. You know, Vengarian yeah, Arsenal yeah, crowd. We'd gone straight back into that point. And by doing that, clapping, running off, it, it, it was it was huge. And it was, it was quite inspired and forward-thinking and could have really positive connotations for the rest of the season. AMN so, as well. Made yeah, a run no, to no. the crowd at the no, end of the night and at the end of the game. And He's a confident kid. He was so much less Bob Marley this game. I don't know what happened those first couple of games, whether he's grown in confidence or he got more match fit, but fucking hell, he looked a player today. You know, he, he looked every bit the player that we've been pining for and um, waxing lyrical about, you know, and, you know, those two games, we thought, oh, hang on, maybe we got this wrong. Um, the last two, yeah, in spades. He's looking a confident kid, leadership, good on the ball. So th there are some positives. There are some big positives to take from it. Toby, the tough one, mate. The thing that has caused all of the issues for me on Twitter and Arsenal fan forums are my negative players. You and I haven't had a lot to talk about today, as far as, you know, offline, off the podcast. I had about five players. You said it earlier. There was maybe a lot of people had fours, fives, or sixes today. I've said a number of times there's a lot of players who could have been considered to be the best players on the pitch attacking and the worst players off the pitch defending. Toby, negative one. Who did you have for your one point? Uh, Kalasinac today. Okay, so did I. Yeah. Yeah. You want to um, kick it off? Would you like me to elaborate? Yeah, you go, this, mate. This guy is our main attacking outlet and, our, and certainly our main attacking weapon. He, he is so important to us going forward at the moment. I feel because we don't have any type of creative midfielder or, or, or dare I say it, you know, number 10, um, you know, which we, we're not going to be playing with for in the future, so it's not really worth talking about. But we're relying so heavily because of that lack of creative midfielder, we are trying to overload the wings, okay, with our with our wing backs or our, our backs. He is by far our most potent attacking weapon. And like I was saying before, when he was out with that little groin problem a 
couple of weeks back, our goals dried up. He is phenomenal going forward, but he is a complete liability in terms of our defence. We have ageing, injured, out of form, lacking confidence central defenders, and they are being exposed constantly to simple balls into the box, either long diagonal balls or crosses, and players are literally dropping the ball between our centre-backs like it's like it's a fucking game of, you know, crosses in the in the park or whatever. We also have defensive midfielders shots. just getting run past in no, the middle and, of the park. And, and and this is what I'm saying, okay? If if we are going to put that emphasis over on the left hand side, we need to be putting in structures where that player is getting covered. All right. Otherwise, whatever good we're doing going forward, if we miss a couple of opportunities, we might not be so lucky to be playing full. Look at what happened against fucking Liverpool, for fuck's sake. You know, you, you're that shit defensively, and then before you know it, you're two or three, four goals down, and, and there is no opportunity to get back anymore. But this was so, just a carbon copy of the Liverpool game, just without the Liverpool finishing the chances that were created, the way that they were created, it was, it the way that our midfield was bisected. It was, you know, it was it, horrible. You know, this, this, this was not a good game. So I, I, I really hope, uh, and I, I didn't do a lot. I didn't do anything on social media today. You know, I had other things on. I wish know, I hadn't. But I, I did send out a message to our closed group just saying, I really hope people don't get too excited about this performance because this was shit you know this exposed so toby, a for me, lot of our Kalasnak, for me toby Kalasnak, negative one i just have okay. the boy yep. does not defend yeah right he doesn't track back either as a wing back or especially as a left back he is nowhere even in the frame for a series of goals he doesn't track runners when he does track them, he's overly physical, and I think it's like we saw with the, the penalty against, was it Lovren? Yeah. It, it, you know, people are going to start looking at him now, these hip and shoulders in the back, and he's pushing people over. This is not me taking anything away from him offensively, but you know what, Toby, at this point, I'd be looking at dropping a Wobie and pay, playing Kalasanak in one of those front three positions. Whoa. That's I don't my, see how he's going to offer anything less. That's my thoughts entirely. You know, the only thing I, I might say is potentially where he excels is the overlap rather than the player who feeds that ball for the overlap. Maybe, and, and that, that's maybe the, someone can underlap with him. I mean, the exchange yeah. is the exchange. I just, I just wonder if in the modern game, without a very specific set of defensive midfielders with very specific directive to pull into those open spaces and stay, I just wonder how many goals we're going to concede down that channel and if the amount of goals we're going to score out of his offensive channel are going to be able to negate that. Because I don't think we have centre-backs who are athletic enough to be able to... We, we don't have Virgil van Dijk centre-backs. You know who just who are just going to cover the ground in a heartbeat. We saw that today. When our centre backs get turned, they're essentially fucked. Well, I mean, the I I was incredibly close to giving Socrates negative points today. 
incredibly well, close. Toby, now, we will believe me. We're about to get there. Toby, who did you have for negative two? Uh, Awobi. Yeah. So I had Awobi for negative two as well. Yep. I actually had Awobi for negative three, and I initially put out on social media I thought he was the worst player on the pitch. I have since gone back through my notes, and yes, I have about seven or eight notes saying, what the fuck are you doing? But I will stand here and say he was involved either directly or indirectly with three of Arsenal's goals. So I yeah. have retracted yeah. a little bit. So, Toby, why yeah. did you have negative two for Awobi? Look, for me, it was it was all of the things that you just said. So, you know, there was just just the the sheer regression in the second half. So first half, I actually thought he was probably, you know, top couple of our best players, you know. Got the assist for Xhaka, um, you know, had some good interplay and overlap with Kolasinac, you know, those two have a really good understanding, but he just got progressively worse. You know, as we got bad, he got terrible. And there were, uh, like... Like you were saying, if he's playing on instinct, then he's incredible, some of the things that he does. But some of the simple stuff at real clutch moments for us, when we need to be, you know, either retaining possession or hitting home an advantage, um, you know, there was the ball that went that went dead over the over the byline. Of real three of simple, them. You know. I've got them written down. Yeah. Yeah, so look, I just think he got worse and worse and worse. And this is after a man-of-the-match performance for us, a shining light performance against Liverpool when he was one of our, basically our only good player. So the crux of my argument against Awobi and what I got so violently shouted down for on almost every platform by this rose-tinted glasses brigade, and I'm not, again, I'm not saying for any minute that anyone who gave him man of the match, which a lot of people did, I'm not saying that I disagree that his moments that led to the goals were important and incisive. What I'm saying is, is that I don't think that the guy has the mentality to be a top player at a top club because he falls out of games. Heavy touches, heavy balls, falling over his feet. And my issue with him is the mistakes that he's making, I'm starting to think that I would not expect to see those things at under 21 level. Mm. Right? They are, they are serious fundamental flaws. And, and, and what I put out today was that when the man's not thinking and he's in tight spaces in those triangles, and he's just popping and moving, showing and moving. Nothing's going through Awobi's brain. The second Awobi's on the ball on a break, there's two or three moments where serious counters break down on Awobi, and it's when we needed goals. There's heavy balls when people have broken their necks to make overlaps 70 minutes in and have got nothing in the tank that go dead, and he got progressively worse and worse. And for me, it's not an ability thing, it's a confidence thing, and a professional footballer needs to be confidence. I wonder whether or not the best thing to do is get him out on loan, or I wonder whether or not if someone actually came in and offered me £25 million for him, whether I would roll the dice on it, move him on, and see if I can bring in something else. I'm not sure he's going to be a top, top player. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not going to go with you on this one. 
I, I think you're you're probably going a little bit too hard on the kid. This this guy has. I think you're probably right in terms of that mental strength, but I also think that we we have put so much emphasis on his shoulders at such a young age. I still think he should be probably a 25 to 35 game a year player but rather than a 45. But you stop being so sentimental, Toby, oh, about he's these a kid, youth Max. prospects. He's a fucking arsehole I know, I know, youth, I know, I right? know. This know. kid has all the all of the talent in the world, and if you're talking like mental strength, stability, and mental health, that's something that that gets better with age. Certain people are born winners, and they 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 just have that mental toughness. But fucking Nicholas Bentner had that mental toughness. Was he any good? <laughs> no, he did believe he was the greatest striker in the world <laughs> that ever lived. Toby, so, really yeah, tough right. one. Okay, really so tough just one. just just let me finish my point. While whilst I do agree with you, um, you know, I don't know how many percent, you know, to to some extent, I just think that Wobi should be a player that we use rather than rely on all the time. I just think he should be. Mate, there are people first, in the fan base who think he's choice. the next big thing. All but he over. could be like the next he big could thing. Be. He's twenty three. Give him another yeah, two three not, seasons. Okay, it is. 23, Toby, is not the youngest kind of, like what we perceive as a 23-year-old. It's not like we're talking about a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old or a 21-year-old. We're starting to talk about a guy on a full frame, a yeah. full international for yeah. Nigeria, yeah. and he's played, I don't know how many games played for Australia, uh, yeah. for Australia, for Arsenal, over 100? Look, look let, let's nip this in the bud, because I think we're going around in circles. I think it should be a benching for a period of time rather than a selling. That's that's my stance on it. Toby, negative three, really tough, really, really hard. Who did you have and why? Not for me. <laughs> Granite Shaka was shit. <laughs> he he was so incredibly sloppy today in, in so many moments that exposed us to uh, counterattacks, horrible balls, um, slowness of thought. Um, lack of awareness, you know, and he does all these beautiful things. I mean, he could have scored two goals. He probably should have hit the second one. It was a delightful run and finish, something that he never does. Um, but you know, that's not his main. That's not his main uh, remit for our team. You know, he he's got a delightful left foot. You know, he can he can cut between lines. He can get the ball moving forward. But on days like this, where uh, you know. His defensive positioning is a bit off or his lack of awareness. I also thought he looked pretty tired. This is a guy who never gets a break from from our team, ever. You know, he never got a break under Wenger. He never gets a break under Emery. You know, he doesn't even get subbed off. You know, he has to go and play central defence. So I'm not shitting on the bloke. I, I actually think he's quite important to our team going forward. Um, but he he was he was sloppy in possession today, um, and he was slow-minded in defence. So negative three for me, regardless of his goal. I had Jacker in my special mentions for all of the same reasons that you just had. Yeah, I, I said that when you're popping up further up the pitch, it probably means that you're not doing something else where you're meant to be, and yeah. it's why we're getting exposed so yeah. heavily on the counter. Yeah, 
So yeah. for everything good you do, you do something bad. Look, I've got a really controversial one again because basically the three guys who I have in my bottom three are the three guys who I've seen given man of the match by people. Yeah. So who, who's your negative three? Jared Butler. Socrates. Oh, he was... Do you know, He Mac? was so overly aggressive for so much of the game. He kept stepping up out of the line and he kept getting done. Yeah. He's he. It's like he's decided that because the team's not defending well, it's like he's decided he's going to lead, but he's, he's taken an overly aggressive approach to it. Well, and I thought he was responsible for... The first, the first missed opportunity? first missed opportunity where yep. he comes flying out. He then does it again later on. After that, he's in a nothing area and just sweeps the leg karate kid style on whoever it was. You know, and and so much we've been saying we like these fouls he takes, we like the things he does. He was also marching up the pitch like Mustafi style at times. And a lot of people looking yeah. at it saying, oh man, look, you know, he played the ball to, out to Obama Yang. Therefore, he must have had a great game. And I'm sitting there thinking... Fucking really far forward, man. I know it's a penalty. Uh, not a penalty. I know it's a corner. But you're really far forward. When he takes that ball on the side and whips one in, I thought that what he has tried to do is he's tried to carry the torch for the team and he's got overly aggressive. And I thought these poor performances from him have been coming for a couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, me too. Well, look, I have to say um, that Socrates was incredibly close to negative points. In fact, right after the match, he was my negative two. So I went to the gym shortly after watching the match um, and I was pondering on it and I was actually thinking I, where I want to go with the discussion for this particular podcast is the lack of protection that we're providing our centre-backs. All right? So I actually changed away from my original thought. You know, so talking about the 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 lack of cover from our central midfield, you know, our Jackers and our Genduzis, and in particular the lack of cover from from our wing or from our side backs. Um, you know, in saying that, I obviously thought that Maitland Niles did a better job of holding back when we changed formations, and Kalasinac played exactly the same way. Um, so. Look, for me, Socrates, particularly with that first um, counter where Sessegnon should have scored, he charged up, missed the tackle. It was a simple flick on from Scherler, and all of a sudden, boom, counter-attack, you know. We've got this fucking ridiculous high line. Koscielny's bloody got, you know, a ruptured Achilles tendon and tendonitis. I didn't just think Koscielny was bad today. FYI. No, no, neither, neither, neither. So, and and Koscielny was particularly good with the ball at his feet, and that's where that's where he can be quite good. But we need our defenders to defend primarily at the moment. Um, you know, so Socrates charged out and really, really sold Koscielny short. You know, by doing that, it was such a simple, such a simple layoff, and then one ball counter, and we were exposed again. And I was getting really mad at our. Just just naivety. So, for me, 
look, fair play to you for your negative three on, on Socrates. I was very close to giving him negatives. Like I said, I just I went for the lack of cover protection from our, our centre-backs. That was, that was the way I interpreted the game today. Okay, guys, this is, would you believe it, the first time that Toby and I have ever set out to do an Express episode and achieved it. We've just crossed over the one-hour mark. We're pretty tired. We're pretty hungover or half-pissed. And I've done about six podcasts in five days. So sorry if this one's a bit short, sharp. We just wanted to get something out to you. Quick note from the Ars Brothers to all Arsenal fans for 2019. Everybody love everybody because everybody has differing opinions. Things I'd really like to hear this fan base stop saying in 2019, especially in online media forums when you can't hear people's tones or intent. Number one, what game were you watching? Drives me absolutely nuts. Number two, you don't know what you're talking about. Number three, you're a fake fan. Each of us loves this club, and this club is a part of our lives, to the point where we sit, talk, discuss, fret, and cry with joy and pain over the club. Let's all get together as a fan base and accept each other and accept each other for our differing opinions. From Max and Toby at the Ars Brothers, Happy New Year. Have a great night. Cheers, Toby. Cheers, Max. See you guys later. Good night. Good night.